2: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Half Street High Heat. We always appreciate it. Uh, I'm your host, Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at AWhite7877. I am joined, as always, by my illustrious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan.
1: Ooh, illustrious. Illustrious.
2: Ooh. You know? Triple oh. word score. You can find them on Twitter at DC DCNatchack, and you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. We are doing this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district, dmvsportsnetwork.com. You can follow them on Twitter, I think, and Instagram as well at dmv underscore sn. There's always going to be great daily content at the website on all the different DC sports as well as local college sports. So after you listen to the podcast, please be sure to check them out. And always, we appreciate subscription Reviews, any kind of interaction with you guys is always fun. You can find the pod on all platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, etc. So let's get into it, guys. How are you doing?
0: You know, pretty Doing good. well. It was a great weekend uh, with things not
1: national yes.
2: related. Yes. If this were a CAPS podcast, it would be a yeah. much yeah. happier podcast.
1: Ryan and I were at both CAPS games, so that's our <laughs> nice. saving grace. Yes. Yeah you're welcome uh, everyone they won because i I was uh waiting in line for the bathroom when they scored the ot winner so you're welcome (laughs) so you
2: realize that means you have to be in line for the
1: bathroom all the
2: time now you can't leave.
1: listen i love my team so i will do anything to win unlike a certain ownership on a certain washington dc yeah
2: would you do anything though if it cost you a hundred billion (laughs) dollars (laughs)
1: Wizards. i mean hey if i had a billion dollars yeah
2: Probably so. Yeah, my husband was at the game last night with a 15-year-old, so they had a blast.
1: It was a fun game. Yes,
2: and I have tickets for the Saturday game, should it get that far, which would be game five.
1: It won't. Caps in three. (laughs) Caps in three? You heard it here first,
2: folks. (laughs) All right, so let's start out the show with the recap for the week. Ryan, you want to?
0: Yes. So we hear all the time about how the NLIS is going to be a hard-fought battle. But nobody's talking about the most important team in the division, the Miami Marlins. <laughs> the team that can beat up on them the most this year will win the division, and that's a fact. The Marlins are already eliminated from playoff contention, sitting at 4-12 and in last place in the division, where they will be for the rest of the season. In fourth place, we have the 7-7 and Washington Nationals. Hey, Trevor Rosenthal finally got out. <laughs> Answering the age-old question, how long would it take for an average Joe to record an out as a professional pace, uh, pitcher? Two weeks. Um, the $500 million rotation's doing its job for the most part, but everything goes to hell when the bullpen comes in as they give up nine runs in three games. The fifth oldest team in baseball is off to a slow start <laughs> again. In third place are the 8-6 and six Braves. Braves continue to sign their young core to extremely team-friendly contracts. What are you doing, Ozzie Albies? Now all they need is consistent play from everyone else on the roster who isn't named Ronda Lacuna, and he might be a legitimate threat in the uh, division. Uh, in second place, we have the 9-5 and five Phillies. Phillies' plan of outslugging everyone came to a small halt as Aaron Nola is off to a terrible start. Their bullpen blew it against the Nationals. Prize starter Nick Pavetta is off to a steamy 9.56 PRA. PR it's runner.
2: steaming for sure.
0: Prize starter. And then after, <laughs> after the Marlins scored one run in three games against the lowly Cincinnati Reds, Zach Eflin gives up six runs to the Marlins. Shout out to you guys, Phillies Pitching, for being god-awful. And then in first place, somehow, are the 9-5 Mets, power behind the GOAT Pete Alonzo, uh, the Mets are enjoying the good life you know they're in first place but their season will come to uh, crumble a lot quicker than Trevor Rosenthal can walk a guy so that'll be pretty fun all right and then we look around the rest of baseball two weeks in the book Chris Davis finally gets a hit uh last time he got a hit what gone with the wind was the number one movie in America <laughs> and the star spangled banner was atop the billboard charts mariners are off to the best start in franchise history the Rays are 12-4 in first place in the very weak AL East. Yes, I said that. Showing the Nationals what you could be if you actually have a good bullpen. Jose Altuve hits five home runs in five games, which is incredibly impressive when you consider the fact that he's 5-5. Padres are off to their best start in about 6,000 days. And Cody Bellinger is going to break his back because he's carrying the Dodgers to a 9-8 record. And that's everything that's going on. You're welcome. My God. All right,
2: that was a whirlwind tour of yeah. major league baseball and
1: we get this guy for free yo for free free
2: <laughs> yes indeed so of all of those stories the one that actually interested me the most was ozzy albies which was crazy <clears throat> the yeah. contract he signed um, I, I just i don't even know what his agent is doing
0: i mean he he was an all-star last year he's gonna make five million a year through the first four years of free agent and like second base is like the lowest paid position on the diamond like the average i think is like a little over 11 million but like he could have gotten more and i understand like he came from a very poor family when he signed for fifty thousand dollars he thought that was life-changing money so he probably like cried when they offered him five million dollars a year but dude get a new agent, seriously, his agent did,
2: <laughs> did him dirty that is not cool yeah. well i mean happy for him i'm sure you know it's a obviously it is a life changing amount of money and it's great it's just he undersold himself for sure
1: but i mean Absolutely. good on a baseball team for extending a valuable guy i mean yeah. who can you would do ever, that i didn't know you could do would that ever think of doing such a thing
0: yeah i mean i mean in the learners defense the nats don't have anyone in a contract year right now so yeah, <laughs> yeah i
1: can't, They're doing I can't okay.
2: have anybody yeah.
1: yeah they they didn't <laughs> yeah. lose anyone notice, notable like this offseason so <laughs>
2: well, the Phillies series is the next thing I want to talk about. And seeing them get beat up on by the Marlins was pretty fun. Nick, what did you think about the uh, the Phillies overall?
1: Uh, it just goes to Ryan mentioned it briefly how the Phillies plan to outslug everyone isn't like a viable option. Uh, just like the Mets. Uh, and even you can throw the Nats in there. The The plan in the past, like, few years to out pitch everyone with a dominant starting rotation isn't a viable option throughout 162 and then playoffs you got to have a well-rounded team obviously if your lineup gets hot or uh, a starting pitcher to get hot especially down the stretch like it that can carry you and it can certainly carry you through a rough stretch when one side is performing and the other isn't but it it's just not a viable solution. And you see with the Phillies, Aaron is struggling right now, and he finished third in Cy Young voting. So that's definitely not what they expected by any means. But when they have a average to below-average bullpen, they had an average rotation to start, and now their top five pitcher in the NL isn't performing. Then you kind of rely on the lineup, and now the lineup's not performing. So it's like they're – they're trying to figure it out. And, yeah,
2: and it is, of course, and, the caveats. Yeah. It's early yet, and you right. know their lineup has been has been good at times. But if their lineup struggles at all, they just I, I don't think they've got a good shot. Don't yeah, speak. they really yeah, but- they really don't. Their bullpen I think might be as bad or worse as the Nationals
1: uh I, when you have well, the numbers you, yeah, when you have Trevor Rosenthal on your bullpen, it's just like it's a trump card for a worse bullpen, yeah, um, but no, <laughs> this is what winning looks like, <laughs> yeah the, yeah, oh, the big thing is like when the Phillies hit the stretch, which this won't be the only time they do, the nats and I mean for a baseball perspective, the n l e s need to take advantage of this because it won't be frequent that the Phillies. Hit this kind of stretch because it is still a very good lineup, and they can turn it around at any time. And like Manager Cape Kepler said, like they can hit a three-run home run at any time. So I mean, they will figure it out. This won't be an extended thing. So a day like today, when you can steal a game in the division, the Nats need to do it. So, but then you can kind of look at the Red Sox. Like the Red
0: Sox lineup is their offense. It's like year is like the second best in the AL. But their starting rotation is 11 array and they're 6 and 10. So your lineup can get us anything. But if you don't have pitching. Right.
2: Yeah, that's my point that's exactly. Point. It, like, it doesn't matter how – I mean, if your, if your lineup can put up 10 runs, that's one thing. But if you're going to have a, a good lineup that's going to put up four to six runs, if you've got a bullpen that's going to give up four to five, you know, if, you're not going to win a lot of games. And the Phillies' <clears> bullpen, <throat> I know the numbers-wise, they're not as bad as the Nats but having they're seen bad. them in two having seen them in two series they're bad
1: and and that just goes to my point i think i brought it up last week where like the phillies the cubs the brewers all these teams are like in their minds world series contenders and they have not great bullpens, but better bullpens than the Nats. So why wouldn't they go out and sign a Kimbrel over the Nats? Like you don't have to be the worst bullpen to like automatically be in the Craig Krimble sweepstakes.
2: But I just saw something well, that said he was still seeking at the end of March, a hundred million dollar deal. The guy's out of his now, line.
1: It's going to come down to June. Once that draft pick is gone, him and Keuchel. Now that uh, we're almost to May, um, It's going to, the teams are just going to wait till after the draft when uh, the draft pick's not attached to those guys to sign them.
2: I guess so, but I cannot imagine making a decision about whether or not you want Craig Kimbrell in your bullpen based on a a stinking draft pick. Like, that is bizarre to me. Well,
1: I mean, the system's broken. We know this.
2: Yeah, I guess so. so,
1: The thing is,
0: you will lose a uh, draft pick after the fourth round. Yeah, like, wh- who what are you going to get in the fifth round? Of oh yeah, the year? I'm not defending and then, the teams by any means. Yeah, no, I know. Um, but then the report came out that Craig Kimbrel wants something in the lines of like the two-year deal that Wade Davis or Zach Britton got. Give them that, that in a freaking yeah, heartbeat,
1: that's an easy deal. Um, yeah, and honestly, with a, with a drafter like Rizzo, honestly, losing a draft pick is probably a good thing. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Shots.
0: Shots fired. But the highlight,
1: <laughs> a little
0: off topic, but the highlight of the Phillies-Nats series was 15 runs, no home runs. By yeah, that. 17 yeah, runs. Yeah,
2: that was. That was, you know, it's good to know. Like, there's been a lot of times through the years where the Nats have really relied on the long ball.
0: It's
1: and, basically been ever since they've been a contender, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Agreed. If they can start manufacturing some runs now, it's it always cracks me up when they you know say oh we're gonna focus on the little things and their fundamentals have been just <laughs> god awful so far yeah
1: okay, yeah we're gonna there's... focus on the little Example things uh, like the little thing of getting the home run or the ball over the fence for a home run
2: yeah or mm-hmm. if we could focus on a little thing like the bullpen not being awful that would be good yeah, too
0: yeah or uh don't go down looking with the bases loaded and the bottom
2: <sighs> well that's a good segue to talk about the Pirates <laughs> series I mean, um, what do you guys think? We we've talked about
1: the bullpen so much, and everyone knows at this point. If you don't know, you're dumb. Um, I mean,
2: (laughs) way to insult our listeners. Nice work.
1: I mean, what else is due? Like, (laughs) come on, like get real. Um, But honestly, like uh, with Rendon, obviously he's still off to a great start, regardless of how the game ended but i mean you you can't just rely on one guy that's not how this works i mean and it's
2: not fair like obviously yeah. today he was the one who you know had the opportunity to win it and didn't right. but you know if you look at he's having an absolutely horrid yeah. ridiculous start you need other people to step up he shouldn't yeah. have been in that position there were it, a lot of other opportunities in that game today it,
1: it has no like to, the what happened today at the end of the game has no like impact on how good of a start he's had this season like he's definitely won us games, and he didn't lose us this game by any means.
2: And he tied the game, the last game that they lost, and then you right, know, we, we the bullpen came in and took a giant steaming. Well, I won't <laughs> <The> th-
0: <laughs> finish it. Nope, no, 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 me. We're gonna let that go. We're
2: gonna <laughs> let that go.
0: The thing that concerns me is that the Nats faced three very average pitchers, Their yep. their lineup struggled the entire series. Yep. yep. Yes. Like the- the Pirates' pitching isn't good. They have uh, Felipe Vasquez. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else is not that good, and they kind of shut down this lineup for the most part. And this should have been a very winnable series. And
2: you know, and after they just had an offensive explosion in the Philly series, so the, the inconsistencies really concerning.
1: Yeah, exactly. like the, the Pirates like, have a decent rotation, but it's nothing the Nats shouldn't be able to handle.
0: I mean yeah, Chris Harger sucks. Like I understand you don't hit him up. Yeah. And then also with Trevor Williams, and then I don't even know who they uh started to because I started watching the
2: game like the ninth inning. Well, uh, it was yeah, I don't but, even remember who their but, starter was, but it was just well, I mean
1: that's the point. Like you it's a no name starter and the right, men against still can't Matt hit
2: Scherzer and we still lost the game. So
1: Yep. And yeah. Corbin can go seven innings, one run, and it doesn't matter
2: yeah it's true and that's the thing and, and this is something that we've seen already quite a few times just in two weeks of play is outstanding starting pitching performances ruined by the bullpen yeah and as it,
1: as advertised like our starting pitching is good but it doesn't matter
2: yeah our starting pitching is excellent and all you really need is a serviceable bullpen because if your lineup What's is that? is <laughs> what did you say i don't even know <laughs> yeah so this bullpen is just such an issue and it's so obvious i i can't believe that no moves are being made and unless you unless you call Austin Williams a move, but we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> we will get to that in a bit. So the next thing I want to talk about is our FYI segment for the week, which is about the unending dispute uh at Masson with the Orioles and the and the Nats.
1: Fourteen yeah. years strong, baby. <laughs>
0: So we've, we've been hearing about this for years and years and years. We've heard the learners talk about how this contract has prevented them from signing free agents. That's the reason why they have to backload so much of the money. Um, and it's something that I've never really taken that seriously. I've kind of just rolled my eyes out. But then there was a recent report coming out that was <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, so it said that on March 22nd, the Orioles made a very bold move Uh, They demanded to play this new game with a contract dispute to the American Arbitration Association going above MLB. Um, According to Nationals, Orioles began asserting for the first time that MLB purportedly had financial interest in Nationals because a $25 million advance that MLB made to Nationals. MLB made basically a $25 million hush payment to the Nationals so that Ted Lerner would stop bugging them about this just to appease them. Uh, the Orioles were absolutely furious with this, and they claim that was a direct financial interest in the outcome. Uh, they have a direct financial interest in a team that actually gets ratings, unlike the Orioles. Um, so now the Nationals are seeking an emergency order to stop the arbitration for the AAA. The club contends it did not agree to arbitration in this forum. So with this next step, the Orioles have not given them their share of their TV payment. Since about last October, yeah,
2: that's pretty insane to think about. And we we all love yeah. to kill the learners for the the deferred money and the other stuff. But I mean, that is a, that's a large chunk of money that they're not getting from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And the fact that 14 years into the team having come to DC, we're still having this conversation is truly absurd. And the MLB needs to bring this to a close. That and and yeah. the, the obvious answer to me is let's get not be massed anymore. Let the Nats have their own. TV writes this. They're the only team in baseball that's in this kind of a bizarre situation and it needs to come to an end.
0: Exactly. And like when the Nats came to D.C. at the time, they forced them into this contract because it made sense. They're a new team in the market. They're close to the Orioles. They don't really know how they're going to do. But Masson needs to fold. The Nats need to leave and go to NBC Sports Washington Mm -hmm. just because that's kind of like the D.C. thing Right, all the other teams are there. They they cover
2: the Nats already. It's a natural transition.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then that also goes with the flagship station that covers them as well because they're, they're broadcasting NBC Sports. Um, and then go from there. And then that way they can actually get payments in and then they can get a huge chunk of income because not getting those payments is honestly like that's a really big deal. For reference, the Cubs have two uh, television contract deals and they get about $100 million a year. Yeah. Obviously, the Nats don't draw like the Cubs do, but still. Well,
2: it's a much smaller market, of course. But it is is—it is yeah. incredibly unfair, the situation that the Nats put in here. And while the learners you know, can swim in their piles of money like Scrooge McDuck, it's still a lot of money. And they're owed it, and they deserve it. And the team is far more successful than the Orioles, and the fact that we're all held hostage – you know, especially if the learners truly are making their, some of their free agent decisions based on this, to Antelos and this insanity that's been going on for 14 years is stupid, and MLB needs to fix it.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, because a judge denied the Nats attempt to block this, so now it's going to go to the independent arbitrator, which I don't know if you're baseball, how you can allow that, because they're basically saying, F you, we don't like how you're doing right. this. We're going to take this. And now early.
2: you're setting a terrible precedent. If, you, if MLB, yeah. this precedent is awful, you don't want the teams mm-hmm. to be able to go around you. So they need to figure this out and get it fixed.
1: Yeah. And as much as I love bashing on the learners anytime I get, it's kind of my thing. I've gotten pretty good <laughs> at it. It's kind
2: of your thing. Yeah.
1: I've gotten pretty good at it. I, I pride my myself in, in doing it. Um, I mean, it, it's as much money as you have, like this is still a substantial amount of money. The Masson... Uh, or it was ruled in like to the uh, twenty fourteen that Masson was to pay the Nats like fifty nine million dollars a year, and when the Orioles like stopped making those payments in I believe it was like May or June of last year, I mean that that definitely impacts free agent yeah. decisions. Like no matter my, how much money you have, if you are right. not 59 getting fifty
2: nine million dollars a year, still a lot of money, right? No
1: if if you're money you are not getting money in that you are counting on to to spend and to make these moves, like that's still a big deal. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the the learners have enough money that they still could have made substantial moves, and I mean they did to their credit still make moves this off season, like a Corbin and, and whatnot. Uh, but I mean, this is a huge deal, and it's been going on pretty much ever since the Nats became a team. And the original Masson deal was the like after five or six years, the Nats were supposed to separate. Mm-hmm. and then that and it's never been happened
2: 14 years
1: yeah that never happened and now we're still here and it's still going through independent arbitrators and court systems and whatnot so i mean this is a huge deal it, it's outside of baseball in a sense but it still impacts the game which yeah. really st- really stinks I mean, so the upside no of this yeah, whole
2: conversation like, is that angelos is the devil and
1: yep
0: we're gonna just leave that yeah because the contract originally said that the Orioles would begin having 90% of the network, and the national stake would increase 1% each year until 2032, when it reached 33%. And then beginning in 2012, the Nats were supposed to start getting $40 million a season. They were trying to get $60 million a season, because that's how much they're actually getting from the revenue, and the Orioles just were not having it, because, hey, we're not getting ticket sales. We need to get the money that the Nationals are bringing in, so now they're not paying it. Nats have to raise their ticket prices, food yeah. prices. Right. And all but imagine thinking you're entitled to the money, money
2: the Nats are bringing in. I don't understand it, and I don't understand why exactly. the contract was ever set up that way in the first place.
0: Yeah. 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 And especially since the Nats don't have anyone that owns the stadium name rights, which would also bring in yep. a lot of money. I wonder if the reason they
2: haven't done like, it is because they're waiting for the Mastin thing to be resolved.
1: Yeah, I'm sure uh, anyone because I know Under Armour was like in talks to get the Nets' uh, stadium naming rights. Yeah, and obviously it never came to fruition, but I I think for Under Armour, any team interested in having the naming rights, obviously the and deal and any sort of TV contract is a huge part because obviously you get 162 games with your name on the stadium on prime time. Right. So it, it it's a huge trickle down effect from this. Uh, this deal, but honestly, I can kind of see the Orioles' side to this because if I paid uh, 161 million dollars to Chris Davis, I'd want to like save every penny I could too. <laughs> so, yeah, you
2: know that's the best argument I've heard in the defense, maybe the yeah. only
1: one. <laughs> I mean, I I should be their lawyer. Hit me yeah. up. Yeah,
2: well, you should. Yeah, or maybe the Nats' lawyer because whoever that is obviously hasn't gotten this resolved yet. So
1: there you go. Oh, I'm Who 100% needs screwing over the learners. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is some personnel stuff. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody listening that we are doing this for the DMV Sports Network, which has a bunch of different podcasts for you to check out. Uh, Nine currently about all the local teams,
1: all the podcasts. All, all the, We
2: have all the podcasts as Every well. Every single one. <laughs> yes. So Redskins, Caps, Wizards, Nats, obviously, you're listening to now. Um, two shows Better that be. cover all the different DC sports. Uh, about It's About Time DC and Dom and Thunder. And there's also a um, Twitter one where it's the DMV Dispute that you can listen to live. So check those out, please. They're all available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk next about some personnel stuff that's going on. The first thing is they called up Austin Williams a couple days ago.
1: Personnel thing. Just yes. Like thing. Well, <laughs> the other
2: thing I want to talk about is Trey, and he's a person. <laughs> so. Is he? I mean, <laughs> my my
1: people don't. My people know how to bunt. Oh my what? goodness right.
2: calling out Turner
1: triggered
2: so, let's, before we talk about Trey let's talk about Williams so Justin Miller who has been just atrocious Ooh. um went on the 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 DL I refuse to call it the IL um after I think it was a three-run homer he gave up a few days ago
1: yeah he heard his back looking at it yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I think this is one of those I suck right now going to go on the DL for a while
1: might be doing us a favor Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so they called up Austin (laughs) Williams um who was at Fresno
1: oh lifesaver
2: yeah well I mean if you look at his stats so far in let's see at the at Fresno so far he's got a 15.43 ERA so that's exciting (laughs) and uh that's only in three <laughs> games so this must have been quite 2.1 innings pitched in and uh 15.43 era so i'm predicting that we fix the bullpen now and everything's going to be fine
0: yeah um he is he has a 2.14 whip uh batters are inning 333 against him which is great i mean this guy's clearly lights out he's clearly going to solve all the issues for the Nats, um and it just sucks because like the bullpen's terrible. Uh, they don't want to go over the luxury tax, um, so they have to turn in-house, but the Nats don't have any good young pitchers, and they have a terrible history of developing pitchers, so they're kind of screwed. And they're like, hmm, let's just pull Nate Yeah, out but of you the know hat. what's weird is he was with let's the team for
2: spring training, and he was great. He pitched in eight games in spring training to a zero ERA. So I don't know what was going on with the numbers at Fresno but he looked really good in spring training. Um, they were really impressed with him. I know I heard a lot of, um, you know, the coaches talking about him in interviews and stuff. He had a .26 whip and uh, you know, yeah, he was great in the spring. So I'm hoping he can find that form again, because whatever was going on at Fresno most recently does not look good.
0: Yeah. And then over his uh, four year minor league career, he has a career 4 at four ERA, with a 1.33 whip so he's kind of if that was an MLB he'd be right around league average um we just we don't know where we're gonna get out of them and I feel like Davey's gonna throw him in the wrong situation he's <laughs> probably gonna bring him in like the eighth inning of a one-run game yeah. and then with like the Phillies hard lineup coming up or the Mets and then
1: yeah. you can wrong.
2: count on death taxes and Davey using the pitcher wrong those are the things that okay. are-
1: at least yeah. uh, he's better than Bud Norris, and he's not a cancer to the team.
2: Oh, I was so yeah. glad that Bud
1: Norris thing fell apart. But,
2: yeah, I'm you know, a league average oh. right now out of our bullpen would be a welcome change. So <laughs> oh, yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> if we get league average, I'll be fine with that. Yeah, um, we're like obviously. two
1: times over the league average. Oh, <laughs> Almost
2: so, three. It's so, so depressing. It's just terrible. So we'll see. I guess um, I think he just joined the team yesterday, so there's not really much to report. Yet, um, I mean, I'm sure by the time we record next week, he'll have been, you know, if he's, if he can throw strikes, he'll probably have been used three or four times between now and then, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if he has, oh, good outing in his first appearance, he'll be done. Right, he's going to pitch he's every using day. Every single
2: game. Yeah, <laughs> no, someone who can pitch, thank God. <laughs> okay, so um, the other thing I wanted to talk about would be Trey. Um, there was a report three or four days ago that they're saying four to six weeks for him if if they're counting that from the time they reported it obviously we're out a little further but if it's from the injury then that would be early to mid-may we might see him back yeah yeah
0: um it sucks because we have former defo who is (laughs) getting off um just a terrible start i think he's saying like 170 and i i'm pretty sure his on base percentage is even at 200 so he's Oof. Really killing it.
2: Yeah, that's rough. He is no Trey Turner, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and like we talked about it last week and like Trey's a table setter. I mean like he is the guy in the lineup who's going to get on base. He's going to steal. He had more steals than like the entire rest of the Nats roster combined. And then with him not there, that kind of aspect of the game's gone. And you Excuse me, you have that. Michael A. Taylor? I
2: know. We're gonna be everything's fine. Everything's fine. Well, and in the meantime, then, uh, Carter P. Boom continues to languish in the minors at Fresno, hitting three eighty two with a four eighty eight on base
1: percentage. So God, he sucks. Yeah, Yeah, his OPS I mean, is okay. one
2: point one oh five right now.
1: At Not even one point two gosh. I know yeah, slacker.
0: But it's okay, because as FP said, that there's no drop-off between Trey and Wilmer Defoe defensively, as Wilmer Defoe messed up on a routine drop-off. Uh, so I hate FP. I hate oh, him. Oh, be so
2: nice. Much.
0: No, he's the worst. Oh, he's the worst.
2: <laughs> you guys hate everyone though, yeah. so.
0: No. Oh uh, no, we only talk about people we hate. Yeah, oh well, it's that's just a good more point. More fun that way. that's a good point so
2: when do we think we may see he boom i think it's friday that he would be able to come up and that he would so
0: last sorry uh last friday the one that just passed was the one that he can come up and basically have the maximum number of games without getting a full service here but i think the more logical one is going to be june 1st because if you come up after june 1st you get basically an extra arbitration year um, that's what they did with Juan Soto, and that's what a lot of teams do, just so that it doesn't really count. So by the time the next season ends, it'll technically be first year done. So I think that's we're going to see him, but things will have to be terrible for him to come up. Yeah, that's
2: what I was going to say. I think if they keep if they keep losing, if they're treading water and they're around five hundred or they're staying in the pack in the NL East, I think they'll probably wait till June. If if mm-hmm. things are going really poorly, I think they're going to want to pull him up because a lot of people's jobs are going to be on the line. If things go really badly. So yeah, I think we could see if we see him sooner, it means the Nats are not doing well.
0: I think, I think that'd be very bad news for the Nats. It's kind of like when they brought Juan soda last year, they're just praying that he was going to work out to get something, maybe jolt the Nats. Yeah. I would say that and worked out. if he out. comes up. Yeah. I mean, it worked out for him, just not the team. And then, It'll be the same thing if they call up it Kibun. It'll just be something that they can hope help get a young,
1: exciting guy that can get the team going. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for right now, I think you have to get Howie Kendrick more playing time.
2: Yes. Uh, I, I,
1: whether it be at second base or some sort of rotation in the outfield, but I think the answer is second base. Um, but the, the thing is for the Nats, I mean, they paid Dozier $9 million, so they want to, like – Put him out there, but that's not the best thing. Yeah, but right I now. don't
2: care what they paid him. They he, if you if Kendrick keeps hitting like he's hitting, I do not understand how you could possibly keep Dozier in the lineup over him. It just doesn't make sense, especially not with the lineup struggling. Dozier has it
0: a career like six thirty OPS in March and April, and that jumps up to about eight hundred in May. So he's a career slow starter. But the thing is, can they really afford? If he were the hole
2: in the lineup and you're like, hey, we can give him a little bit of time, you know, yeah. that kind of thing would be fine. But you can't right now The the lineup is mostly holes and you can't. If Agreed. you've got a better option, you need to use it. Although, obviously, they don't feel that way or Carter Keeboom would be here and we wouldn't have defo playing.
1: I mean, not training for a leader. Not that the Nats ever do anything correctly.
2: <laughs> that's that's a little that's a little negative. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. I've never been negative in my life. I'm just getting no, used to it. No, you're usually all
2: sunshine and rainbows. So I know. I know. Well, okay. Um, since Trey's been out, um, obviously no key boom, Um we've seen kind of a rotating cast of characters in that two spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously they tried Dozier there. Um, I've been kind of advocating for Robles to maybe move up just because I like him in the nine spot and it's nice to have that kind of extra leadoff hitter. However, I I don't know that you can leave a black hole at the two hole at the two spot and keep a guy who's hitting as well as he is down at the nine.
0: Well, uh, see Robles hit a very clutch game timing home run in the ninth spot. So he's never moving from there because in, you know, according to Davey, if you move him there away from there, well, who's going to hit the game time home run because uh, he's on the nine spot. So he's stuck there. Stuck
2: there forever hitting ninth. Well, you know, Kendrick yes. at this point, I think is obviously a better option than than Dozier just because, unless he, you know, things slow down. But right now, he's definitely the better bat. So I'd prefer to see him up there. I just don't know how you keep putting Dozier up there.
1: No, but, you can't I mean, have Dozier. That's that's the larger point. Um, it's, it's, I wouldn't mind Robles up there, but I do like having some sort of spark. Lower in the lineup. Granted, uh, Jan Gomes has kind of gotten it going as of late, but I don't think I'd he's... rather see
2: him hitting. Yeah, than Dozier if it came. To
1: that. But at the same time, I don't think he's someone you really want to rely on. It's just like whatever you get out of him is like an added bonus because like you're already getting such a a plus defensively and with like pitch framing and stuff. um But obviously, you'll take what you can get from him, and he's off to a pretty good start. Finally.
2: Yeah, agreed. So what do we think about when Trey comes back? Um, do you think he picks up where he left off? He was doing really well, or is it going to be like a long recovery, a little ramp-up period for him?
1: Unfortunately, I think it's not going to just be like where he left off. Um, that, yeah. That's just what we've gotten uh, historically with him. When he comes back, he kind of takes some time to get back where he like normally is or normally can be. Um, he's, he's going to need some time and that's just how it is. Like, especially with the finger, you're going to swing the bat. You're going to catch and field. Especially when you're throwing. Yeah. It. Like it, it's just going to take some time. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's like career changing or anything, but it, it's going to take I some think time. it's
2: season changing though. I, I actually, oh, sure. that night when he got hurt, mm-hmm. I said the Nat season just got a whole hell of a lot worse right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It sucks. So, uh, Trey, can you hurry up? Um, It's just a broken finger. uh, Stop being a baby. Yeah, come on.
2: (laughs) You have nine more. Throw
0: throw with your other two fingers on your hand.
2: Okay, so let's talk about let's do our next segment. This one we're calling our mulligan segment. So a few weeks ago we made our bold and inspired uh, season predictions. And uh, I think each of us deserves a mulligan for one prediction. Um, I'm obviously going to take, speaking of Trey Turner who I picked to be the uh, NL MVP, given the injury and the length of time he's going to miss, I uh, I'm taking my mulligan on that one, and I'm switching it because I'm a homer. I'm staying with the Nats to Anthony Rendon. Oh my
1: god! I was going to say you should. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, I was going to say you should, <laughs> you should double down and just like pick Trey even harder. <laughs> even harder.
2: <laughs> no, I'm going to go. Actually, though, truly, you know, joking aside, Rendon is off to an unbelievable start. If he can have this kind of year. You know, if he can maintain even <laughs> – not at this level, but even close to this level.
1: Yeah, but yeah if can he can have your
0: pick after he's off a to a hot start. For
1: the 1,300 OPS, I think he's a good shot at winning MVP.
2: Yeah, that's my that's my bold take. Hot take, hot take right here.
0: Yeah, he needs to, like, calm down, though, because every time he does better, Scott Force gets a bigger and bigger Yeah, he does not need
2: to calm down. He needs to keep doing exactly what he's doing. <sighs>
0: yeah. I mean – well, you won't be saying that when he's on the new team next I year. I will still if he can still have an
2: MVP <laughs> year here, I'll take it, but I don't honestly think it matters whether he has an MVP here or not, year here or not that the Learners are going to make an incredibly low offer and I'm I'm not expecting <laughs> that he's going to be here next year. I'm yeah. sad as hell. Wow. Level. I don't think he's going to be here. Damn,
1: now. I didn't even have to prompt you for that. No, are I you...
2: think the Learners are going to let him walk.
1: Wow, I was just Well, wow. you kind of stole my thunder. Now I don't know what to say. I was I was trying to like <laughs> pry that out of you to like admit it, but you you actually you actually got that on your own. Yeah, well,
2: I'm, everybody be proud of me. I'm bowing that you guys can't see me because this is a podcast. But.
1: Guys, you, you're seeing a transformation. She's transforming to Homer from Homer to realist.
2: Oh no no no! I'm still a Homer. Don't get me. Wrong. <laughs> no no, I will always be a Homer for the DC teams. Right. So Ryan, what's your Mulligan?
0: Yeah, so if you told me after the first week that the Cubs will have a team OPS of 1250, um, that they would be you know, below 500, I wouldn't believe you. Uh, I picked the Cubs in the World Series. Yes, you third did. Most run scored, <laughs> third most run scored in the National League. Uh, no idea what's going on with them. They even have a positive run differential, <laughs> but they suck. They're 5-9. and nine. You guys let me down. I am disappointing you. This is why no one loves the lovable losers. So I'm taking that back, and I am saying – Based off the first two weeks that mm, I don't want the Padres. Um, let's see. I'll say the Brewers go to the World Series. Send it. You already first. <laughs> well, second. Well, yeah.
2: You- <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, excuse me. I believe someone else first. may have said that before.
1: Well, oh crap! Uh, wait, did I'm, you really? I mean, it it is a mulligan, so like technically it is your like first try.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, well, she said. Let me change it. Uh, let's go, bold Padres, baby. Padres.
1: Wait, wait, wait. You say
0: Padres make the World Series? Send it bold takes wow. here only, baby. That's how we do things. Boldly
1: wrong. <laughs> <But> I,
0: was, <laughs> I, I was
1: literally about to come to you at events like halfway through that segment where we picked our playoff, like or we did our playoff predictions, you said I messed up, I want to start over. So <laughs> like, I knew you didn't really want the Cubs in the World Series to begin with, but it just happened. I don't know how <laughs> it You just got caught up at the moment. It was playoff predictions. Yes.
2: It's, yeah, we got carried right. away. Yeah, speaking so- of
0: being boring. With the you know the
1: typical picks isn't fun. Padres, 11-6. and six, I see it happening. All yeah. right. Speaking well. of uh, playoff predictions gone wrong, I had the Nats and the Brewers in the play-in game with the Nats winning. I no longer think that's the case. Uh, not because of anything the Nats are doing. I still think they can get to the play-in game without getting much further. But I think the Brewers are for real. Um, I still like my Cardinals prediction uh, To win the division because I think over 162, they're a better built team. But I think the Brewers are for real and they're going to win that play in game and then ultimately make it to the World Series.
2: Oh, I don't think they're going to have to play the play in game.
1: Well, nobody asked you. <laughs> well, wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Padres have the best record in the National League. So Ryan, nobody is on there. the Padres. Yeah, uh, mani wow. machado. Suck Ryan it. is going all in. <laughs> <on> <laughs> <the potter. laughs> all right, to right.
2: those of you listening, if you're still with us, thank you.
1: <laughs> listen, listen. Tiger won the Masters today. It's. A- yes. everything's excuse chris davis got chris davis got a hit he's got three hits. Um, didn't he went
2: three for i think he three for five with yeah. four rbis and yeah. that's how you break it, out of a slot now
1: he is oh for his last five so that's the, my it. favorite stat from after that game was that chris davis was batting 600 in his last five at bats <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: spectacular <laughs> oh okay well let's get to everyone's favorite or at least my favorite part of the week which is our twitter questions
1: Twitter question.
2: Yes, so we got quite a few. Um, first one is from at Big One United. He says, the first few weeks have exposed our poor roster construction. What do you think is the way forward? How do Rizzo and the learners get this team to compete this year and in the future?
0: Um, so that's a tough question. Um, I don't really know what they can do going this year if their stance is to not go over the threshold because they have about, I think, like 8 million to play with. And there's not a lot you can do to fix a team. And we also consider the fact that last year they were the oldest team in baseball. Now they're the fifth oldest team of baseball.
2: Thank you, Soto. So gonna... And Robles.
0: <laughs> there's going to be some drastic things that have to happen for them to make things look good in the future. And I don't know if they
1: will. Yeah. And, like, if you look at a typical rebuild, and as much as I joke that Nats are rebuilding, like, I don't think that's going to be a thing. Um, but... If you look at a typical rebuild, it's like you kind of just sell everything, you suck for a few years, wait for some prospects to pan out, and then when you have a good young core, then you go out and sign the big free agent. Obviously, we have big free agent signings on our team, uh, Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, etc. You can throw Steven Strasburg in there with how much we invest in our big three and the rotation and if you look at our young core, I mean, Robles and Soto are already in the majors in our starting lineup. And really, it's just key boom after them with no one after keyboom. So it's not like you can suck for a few years and like wait for those guys to hit the majors. They're already here. So like Ryan said, if this is already their stance where they have these young guys of the future or of their future here now, and they're not, like, going all in, I don't know, like, are they just going to settle for, like, uh, a ceiling of a first-round exit? Because, I mean, that's what they're doing. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, there is a way forward, but with that current stance, you're not yeah, getting it's anywhere. Yeah, it's
2: a tough question because, to me – you know, I love that we have. I think we have the best starting pitching possibly in all of baseball. It's it, you know, I mean, you,
1: arguably, you can't yeah.
2: argue with the, the the top three. And you know, Hellickson had a hell of an outing. Um, I think it was what did he go? Was, that, was it six <laughs> innings, seven innings on 100 hell pitches, scoreless? A hell of an, outing. Hellickson.
1: Hellickson <laughs> of an outing. outing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. uh,
1: it's there somewhere.
2: It's yeah, somewhere there's a joke. Yeah. But you know, and and Sanchez has been good. Mostly too. So our our starting pitching is great, but the problem is that you can't, I don't know how you can square putting the amount of money into starting pitching that the Nats have and not going over the luxury tax threshold because you can't, you can't have, you don't have enough money left after you pay those guys to build a team around them that can win. So if you're going to invest the kind of money they have in starting pitching and that's done, I mean, those those contracts are signed, they're long-term, nothing's going to change with that, then you have to either accept mediocrity because you're not going to have a good bullpen or you're going to have to go over the tax threshold. I mean, I don't know how you can win without going over. And since they don't seem willing to do that, i it makes my hopes for the year a lot less and even for future years.
1: Yeah. And i the big thing for me is like if they don't want to spend – any more than I don't know what they're at, like what the number they're at right now is. I think it's like 198, if I'm not mistaken. If they don't want to go over that, that's fine, but like at least reallocate the money. Like next year, I mean, you have $36 million freed up between Zimmerman and Rendon. Why not put like 22 towards Rendon? And then you still have money to play with to like fill bullpen and maybe first base. Like you still have options but they're kind of just, like, doing not the minimum because obviously this offseason, as we all agreed, was a good offseason, but you can't just do, like, band-aids like at certain positions and then not fix other key areas
2: like the bullpen and and obviously they thought going in that they were going to they took some flyers on some guys and they thought you know dozier's going to have a bounce back year which doesn't appear to be the case so far but sometimes things don't work out the way you thought and if you're inflexible about spending to fix the problems that you have then you're not going to win and i get that it would be great if they could have built a team they thought they built which was one that could win and stay under the the luxury tax threshold but they don't have that so mm-hmm. they need to make a decision. Either they're willing to go over or they're willing to go lose. Right. And that's where we are.
0: It, it, the go learners, ahead. the learners thing is to build a team that's going to win 90 games. Their, their, their goal is never to build a team that's going to win a hundred games and just bulldoze their way to the world series. Their whole thing is be competitive enough to sell season tickets and get people to the games and whatever happens happens. And that's the thing that bothers me. And with that mindset and not when to go over, like you guys said, something's got to give like you can't have that mindset. Oh, you know, we're just going to take a bunch of flyers on the guys that they perform like the baseball cards. We'll win 90 games. Right. And that's actually
2: fine if it works, but when it doesn't work like where we are right now, we can see that that didn't work. And so what, where we are right now we're faced with either spend more or you're not going to win this division and maybe not even make the playoffs. And that's, that's the situation where we find ourselves. And since they appear unwilling to to, over, to spend anymore then i think the writing's on the wall unless you know things change drastically and things can it's a very long season but i, I think they're going to be scrapping their way into the playoffs if nothing changes with this bullpen if major I things agree. don't and, change with this bullpen
1: yeah and both of you said that word flyers like as we see in philadelphia if your team is full of flyers you're not very good shots fired <laughs> felt good nice like, nice
2: that was a <laughs> hockey joke
1: yeah i know. Well, Thank Thank no you. but, but well, the point is like you can't the flyers or are, are flyers for a reason they're not like always going to pan out like you take a flyer and a guy because it's a high reward potentially, but it's not like expected, so I mean, when you have a bullpen of essentially all flyers except Doolittle, I mean you can't be shocked and utterly surprised when it doesn't pan out
2: right and flyers should be team friendly they should be like if it works out great if it doesn't no big deal but you're talking about seven million on rosenthal and nine million on dozier and those kinds of things (laughs) like those aren't really flyers i mean you paid a ton of money i mean you're up against the tax threshold that's 16 million dollars on guys who right now aren't working out yep Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i
0: mean and i sorry my last point i brought up the age like they're the fifth oldest team in baseball with no farm system And all the other teams in division, minus the Mets, are really young and
1: have deep farms. It it genuinely seems ever since twenty twelve we've been like a top five oldest team in baseball. Like I don't understand how that that number doesn't come down like every year. (laughs) And like worth was like, It's because people get older every year. That's what happened. What (laughs) No, but I mean, yeah, like, Worth was old and he's no, gone now. No, so you I think just, that would have
2: brought the average age down. Yeah,
1: no, point being, like, once guys, like, obviously aren't on the team anymore, because obviously as you get older, that means you're one year to closer to your old age. age. Well, yeah, fair. But I mean, like, that's a big thing. You want to get that average age down, and they don't care. Yeah. Well,
2: this is actually, this conversation dovetails nicely into the next Twitter question, which is from uh, our buddy Dom Simon. at Dom and Thunder, which is, was signing Patrick Corbin a mistake? that money could have been used to snag two quality back-end arms like an Ottavino or Britain or even Kimbrell.
1: So, so, ooh. <laughs> oh, <well.
0: laughs> At the time, this was the right move to make because Max turns 35 this year. You don't know when he's going to hit the wall. Steven Strasburg has a long injury history and is also over 30. Does. So you kind of needed, <laughs> you know, Corbin being 29, you kind of needed that other guy who can – be there in case the other two either get hurt or hit the setback. But with hindsight being twenty twenty, I think they would have been better off signing like a middle of the way three guy like Charlie Morton, who's tearing up in Tampa, and then gone. a really
1: shorter contract him. too. Yeah. Um like I can see why you asked this question, uh but I, I'm still gonna say no because I think I said this before. If it was like obviously we needed a lefty. We didn't have a lefty starter. Um, that's kind of mm-hmm. like a big thing that most teams try to have is at least one lefty starter in their rotation. And obviously if you can get a, a top three guy even better. Uh we needed that for sure. Um, but like I wouldn't I didn't want Keichel and I wouldn't have been okay giving J A hap the the money that the Yankees gave him. Um the only guy I would like want to invest in as much or even as much as the Nats did was Patrick Corbin. So obviously, I love the move. It it was very exciting. Um, Obviously, it's paying off, which is kind of like a larger point. So it's not like he's sucking and we're like, oh, why did we even pay him? It's more just Mm -hmm. like, where would we have spent that money if we didn't sign him? And I don't know if like we would have spent it all that wisely. Um, well, I mean, and
2: also, like, who else would be the who would be the fifth starter Who would be the other starter right now? Ross? Right. I mean, who else would we have if we hadn't signed him? And and maybe they would have picked up one of the other lefties on the market. But I don't yeah. think it was a mistake. I loved the move at the time, and he's performed as advertised. He's been yeah. excellent.
1: Three calls. So the
2: mistake to me is not spending on the on the bullpen. It's not that you spent yeah. on Corbin, and,
1: and that's the point I've been hounding on for weeks now. Is like you can't make a signing like Corbin and say you're going going all in and then when there's an opportunity to go all in, you don't. Like that's just not how it works. Like you can't make one move and expect that to fix everything. The Nats were not like like one game away from the World Series or one game away from winning the World Series last year. They literally missed the playoffs. And they cannot right. make one big move and expect that to fix everything.
2: And even in the bullpen, even signing Kimberl if they were to go, you know, that bold, I still don't think even that fixes everything. You still right. then you have two guys, you have two decent arms instead of one. And it does really help with a lot of things because if you had him closing and you had Doolittle available to either play matchups or to Just you know, like come a in, in a high leverage yeah. situation in the seventh or eighth, you know, you would give yourself a whole lot more flexibility. But you still can't pitch yep. those guys every day. You still need more.
0: Yep, and the thing is, like, they didn't even have to spend that much more money to get a better arm in the bullpen. Uh, Rosenthal was one year seven million. Cody Allen was one year eight point five. Adam Alavino was three year twenty seven. Alavino Ad, was two yeah. year. Adavino was the yeah big two one. years eighteen. Exactly, and like all those guys have an
1: ERA under two right now, and all of them are oh, actually killing it for, sad. Like, for two million yeah. more a year. Like not signing Kelvin Herrera, like I can't blame them. Like he. It was just kind of like a bad taste in their mouth when that trade didn't pan out. But, like, there's still, like Ryan said, plenty of other options. And, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I mean, they signed Rosenthal, which, like, at the time seemed like a pretty good move. As soon as free agency started. But, I mean, yeah, there was plenty of other guys who are probably... Worth spending money on more. Yeah, than... But does
2: anybody like signing guys who are coming off injury more than Mike Grizzo? I don't know.
1: Christ. It's like, it's a prerequisite to. Well, but and sign. it's great.
2: When it works out, it's great. I mean, like, you know, you go back to somebody like Rendon who fell down a little bit in the draft because he was coming off an injury. And like sometimes well, it's. Well, a Smart who move, fell down
1: but... to like seventh.
2: Right. But six. he would have gone. I think he would have gone, you know, he would have been you. the first draft pick. You know what I mean? So sometimes, yeah. like, you're smart and you sign the guy who came off an injury and you look like a genius. But, you know, <clears> you. You can't expect that to work out all the time. Sometimes people are injured and they, they don't get right again.
0: Yeah, I mean, and free agency started at 4 o'clock. They signed Patrick Corbin at 4 one So, like, this was their guy for some odd reason. They thought that he was going to be the dude that they And,
2: and by mean, Patrick you mean, Corbin, you mean, you mean Trevor,
0: Trevor Rosenthal. Rosenthal?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Obviously. All right. So speaking of all this bullpen stuff, um, at one lovely lady C sent us a note. It was actually last week she made a comment about um, the bullpen situation and asked if is there anyone on the farm who could actually help. And the short answer is no, um, but the longer answer is there are a few pitchers who are there. Um, I looked up a, a few of them: Will Crow, Tanner Rainey, and Kyle McGowan, and none of them really seem like workable options. That's what they are. Wow, that was, that's the kind of commentary you yeah. can hear here for me. You're welcome. <laughs> so looking at Will Crow, um, he's right now at AAA with Harrisburg. I mean, AA, sorry, Harrisburg. And uh, he is actually, let's see, in two games so far this year, he has a .82 ERA, so so far so good. And they've got pretty high hopes for this kid, but he's not really expected into the majors for another you know year and a half, two years probably, so he's not a very workable option. Um, there's Tanner Rainey, who came back to us in the Tanner Roark trade. He's currently sporting a 9 ERA after four appearances at Fresno.
1: Better than uh, Trevor Rosenthal.
2: Well, it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then the other one I looked at was Kyle McGowan, who's also uh, AAA Fresno. He currently has a 1.93 ERA, in, but it's again it's early in the season, only two appearances, and in his career, he's minor's career, he's got a 4.46. So there's really nobody. I mean, the the, the farm is empty for arms.
1: Yeah, and with like all these guys, like calling them up would be using an option, which like the Nats don't want to do. Um, for whatever reason, like they they refuse to call guys up when they can pro- clearly provide value. See Carter Um right. but she, uh, one lo- lovely lady, see, also sent a uh, follow up question that came in after we put the show doc together. But I'll acknowledge it here. She asked, like, why pitchers seem to flourish elsewhere, like once they leave the Nats, like like Trinan, Felipe Vasquez, etc. It we're just terrible at developing pitching. Like, but the
2: question is, why? Why are they so terrible at it? Like, what is? Is it the the, the staff that they've got doing it? it? And if not, why? Don't yeah. they, if that's the case, why don't they fix it?
1: It's got to be like a systematic thing, like it, it from top to bottom, because obviously, like it's not the major league coaches developing these guys in single A, double A, triple A. It, it's those guys down there, and I mean, maybe it's just like one of the things, like the manager, like the bullpen, like the Nats just don't put enough emphasis on it. Um, because like you look at all these guys, we we haven't really had a homegrown pitcher. Like you can argue Steven Strasburg, but he was literally the number one pick in the draft, and right. like he was coming off like four straight no hitters. So obviously he he was in all likelihood right. Good he was a no brainer.
2: Nobody had to do a lot of scouting. To right. Figure out hey, let's take Strasburg.
1: Right. But like Max Scherzer free agent signing, Patrick Corbin free agent signing, Los Angeles free agent signing, Jeremy Hellickson free agent signing. Like from top to bottom, Sean Doolittle traded for it. Like. There's no homegrown talent. But yeah, and the
2: question I can't understand is why. And if if it's a systematic problem, then what is that problem, and how do they fix it? And I don't know the answer to that.
1: I mean, I would assume it's it's coaching. Like these, they think it just because they take a pitcher high in the draft, like they're gonna pan out. That's not how it is. Like pitching in college or high school is not the same as pitching in the major leagues. So
2: or even the minor leagues.
1: <laughs> right. So I mean, it's got to be coaching, and they. I don't know the answer because I don't watch minor league games, and obviously I don't watch practices and how these coaches interact with their prospects. But I, I would put it on the coaching and the, the development because clearly, clearly something's not happening.
2: Yeah, and it's across multiple levels. I mean, yeah. you're seeing these guys come up through the you know all the levels, and then they get here and they they aren't good, and and then they go somewhere else and they are. So it's really hard to figure out. It's very yep. frustrating. Yep. Yep. Okay. Next one is from at Shursday, who says, "What do the Nats do with Dozier if his slump continues?
1: Uh, send him to the um, farm.
2: I don't know what his a, contract yeah. is. I don't know what his contract is like. Uh, if he's even year. able to be assigned to the miners if they decided to do that, I think they just put him on one no. of their yeah fake, he's not... fake disabled lists. Yeah, like... he's
1: not going to the miners yeah.
0: No, they're gonna they're gonna ride him out as long as they can and not give up hope on him, honestly. So they're kinda stuck.
1: So that. yeah, he's gonna play through one sixty two and then just like be a free <laughs> agent. Yeah, like especially if this doesn't turn around.
0: If it turns around, then hey, you yeah. know
1: it's two weeks into the season; he could get hot. Yeah, but then they're going to the take credit for weeks. like him turning around and sticking with him after like he batted like oh eighty seven for three months.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know what I am curious about is what if Kendrick stays hot, and what if they call up Key Boone? and then what do you do with Dozier at that point? I mean, you can't if he's you... yeah, send them. Send I guess you into the trade farm. him. <laughs> I guess you could trade him, but you know maybe in exchange for maybe in exchange for a reliever or something. But it just seems like if he can't hit, that they've got other options coming. And if things get bad enough, I, I don't see them sticking with him.
1: Yep, agreed. And then
2: the other question was, how soon do you expect Key boom in the majors? But we already talked about that. So now uh, it's time for the drum roll. Worst tweet of the week.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I said drum roll. Damn it!
2: Okay, when you only score three runs, okay, this is hold on, I need to take a breath because this is the longest run-on sentence. At Funny Dan five two one says, when you only score three runs, that's not on the bullpen. Good job embarrassing yourself. Nationals bullpen was worse the first half of 2017. Yet team was 25 games over 500 with Dusty. The problem is Dave Martinez. <laughs> okay, there were no commas or periods of any. Commas.
1: God. this guy sucks. It wasn't even funny.
2: <laughs> so there are some points to be made in there though oh, yeah. which is the bullpen was terrible the first half of 2017 which not
0: as bad as it was not now, as bad as now but um, and they also
2: pitched dusty pitched a few guys into the ground trying to keep the team 20, yeah,
0: yeah dusty also didn't have to go up against any team that uh, had a few like had any type of like thought of being good that season that's true the division was a dumpster in 2017 yep you can't compare them the, uh, the bullpen now is far worse than the bullpen was in 2017. The only thing is that there aren't as many blown saves because they're blowing it four gets to the ninth inning, <laughs> and they actually have Doolittle this year. Do not bring up Dusty. I am tired of people talking about Dusty. Dusty is gone. Move the hell on. Dave Martinez sucks. At that point I'll agree with. Yeah,
1: That's Tom cool. Saleo.
0: Huh. i'm
2: just curious about someone who still talks about bryce harper as much as you telling other people to
1: move on well bryce harper i league. don't Dustin even talk isn't. about
0: him that much and you keep saying that <laughs> yeah everyone
1: like gets on talking about bryce harper that's
2: actually the last week or so hasn't been but the first few weeks i'm over it now i think now they played him a couple of times yeah the you need worn off, worn off and we're, we're
1: yeah
0: good it, to... it was news we follow to the, news. To the rest of Nat's twitter yeah who just tweets
1: his updates and laughs at everything he does. Yeah. They're obsessed. Yeah. Yes,
2: that's very true.
0: He
1: owns real estate in their heads. But, no, I mean, the the bigger thing that I want to point out here is, like, there's not just one problem. Like, yeah. the bullpen can be a problem, and Davey can be a problem. It's not one or the other. Right now, they are both problems. Who's worse, uh, Trevor Rosenthal or Dave Martinez? Mm. Davey
0: Martinez.
2: Yes, because Davey Martinez screws up multiple things per game, as Trevor wasn't thought just was one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there just are – you know, there's always – I am – you know, said I I don't know Davey Martinez. I don't. He seems like a nice guy, but I think he's over his head. I don't think he's nice a good guys manager. Finish last. Right. Well, maybe or fourth. fourth. <laughs> oh! Maybe
3: fourth. <laughs>
0: <Same time>. Whoa.
2: <laughs> but, you know, I just – there are so many – there are so many management decisions that he makes every game that make me go, what are you doing? You know, with the, the, choosing relievers to go to or, you know, when to – when to pull the pitcher or when to spin a pinch hitter. And there's so many times where I feel like I don't, you know, I don't know that. I mean, I, I talk about baseball, I'm a fan, but I look at it and say these things are inexplicable. So I don't understand how a major league manager is making some of the decisions that he makes.
0: Also, warming up pitchers getting them ready and then not pitching. oh that god it makes me so, so bad. crazy
2: and they hate it so much and i've heard yeah. the argument from people who say that's their job they have to be ready to come in the game but yeah. you, they
0: say that from their couch right but yeah. that's, the
2: whole thing is you you have to have these guys available tomorrow or the next day and every time you have them get up and pitch even if they don't come in the game you've just used them as if they came in the game so it's almost exactly. like you're pitching the guy every day if you're getting him up to warm up every day yeah. so the, i mean like Sorry, go the ahead.
0: relievers complained about it last year. We saw it a lot. Uh, Brandon Kinsler notoriously went on a record for it, same as Solis did also, and now we're going to see the same thing. And those guys thing. are gone. <laughs> yeah, and so maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe a couple of these guys start complaining about it and they'll ship them out of here, so cross your fingers. Yes,
2: maybe maybe that's our move. We need to keep them complaining <laughs> so they can get some new pitchers in here. <laughs> oh, anyway, you guys got anything else you want to talk about before we're done? Nope all
1: no. right or it's well just, can't wait to talk about the bullpen next week yes yeah no, come on
2: hopefully Perform we'll be talking well, about so how it's so different that. how could things have changed so much in one week <laughs> yeah yeah maybe <laughs> Well, thank you guys, as always, for listening. That will do it for this episode of the show. Um, please do subscribe when you're done listening here. Um, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Again, I'm Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at AWhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DCNATCHAC and the show at Half Street High Heat. Um, don't forget to check out the DMVSportsNetwork.com. Follow them on Twitter at DMV underscore SN. And if you're interested in participating with the site, either as a podcast or a writer, they're always looking for people. You can reach out to them on Twitter or through the website. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Nats.
1: Later. How oh, you, s- you stole my later. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>